relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Of all the gin joints in all the towns in all the world, she walks into mine. Impressive. Most impressive. See things you people wouldn't believe. You want to talk to God? Let's go see him together. sent us on this journey are long since dead and gone. You who are reading me now are a different breed. I hope a better one. I leave the 20th century with no regrets, but one more thing, if anybody's listening, that is. Nothing scientific, it's purely personal. This man that marvel of the universe, that glorious paradox who sent me to the stars, Still make war against his brother? Keep his neighbor's children starving? That is the question, the philosophical monologue at the beginning of a movie that really made science fiction mainstream and a success, established a franchise that would become incredibly successful, not just in the cinema, but television, Saturday morning cartoons, a reboot a few years ago. And in fact, the success of that movie and the money it made for its studio would eventually help to greenlight another franchise, a little something called Star Wars. Let's discuss the Planet of the Apes with our co-host, YouTube content provider, cultural and political critic extraordinaire, Mr. Reagan, a.k.a. Chris Coles. Happy Friday, Chris. Happy Friday. Good to be here. What a wonderful pick that you uh, that you chose last week. We did Princess Bride, and now we've got this <laughs> really a, a, a classic. I mean, it's considered one of the great classics in cinema, and I hadn't seen it. What? Yeah, I had never seen it. And here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of Twilight Zone. I know Rod Serling did the first draft of yes. this movie. You know, wrote the first draft of this. Uh, it was a, you know, it was an adaptation of a novel. Right. And, you know, he, you know, it's a great, you know, it's a great script. It's the, he did a great job. All the other writers, everybody who was on this did a great job with it. But the thing is, the real impact, the thing that was like the really, uh, you know, the most important part of this movie and this and the screenplay and everything was that final scene that final shot and that has become such a cultural icon yeah. that i knew the ending without seeing the film 
And this had always irritated me so much that any opportunity I had to watch Planet of the Apes, I just didn't watch it because I was so annoyed that I already knew the end. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we forced you to finally watch this movie. It's been waiting for you, Chris Gold, since 1968. Um, you are a, a Planet of the Apes neophyte. You are no longer Planet of the Apes uh, virgin. So let's get your initial reaction to having actually seen this incredible film that was so much a part of my childhood and childhood of tens of maybe hundreds of millions of people across the planet. So what did you think? Did, did knowing the ending really spoil it that much for you? What did you think? No, no, it wasn't actually sp- the ending. The thing is, you do watch it with different eyes, knowing the ending, obviously. But let me say this. It wasn't actually as good as I was hoping. And I know that's going to sound disappointing to everybody, but I will say this. I'm sort of of two minds of this film. There's there's so much about this film. There's so much provocative, interesting stuff about this movie that maybe I, I should say I'm of 20 minds. But I'm really, you know, you could basically classify those things into two camps. On the one side, I would say that this deserves the classic status that it holds in cinema. This really, truly is a classic. and It really, truly is a great film. On the other hand, there is a couple of things, philosophical things, that I disagree with so profoundly about this film that it it bothers me to to such an extent that I can't enjoy it at the level that I want to. And those two things, and you can debate me on this, but those two things are they, they kind of promote this idea that religion inhibits science. Yes. And I really hate that idea. That's a very common idea in society generally, and it's really amplified here in this film, and I think it's awful, and they could have tweaked it just a little bit. I think it would have been fine. And the other idea that they promote that I hate is the idea that progressive ideas are superior to conservative ideas, and they promote this idea quite a lot in the film. So it's a a sort of a two-pronged approach, an anti-religious idea and an anti-conservative political idea and i really despise both of those messages and so it makes it it that actually makes it difficult for me to really truly love this one which is a shame because i really do appreciate all the work that went into it and there's so much about this film that is absolutely brilliant well let me let me i'm not going to counter that because i i think it's a sound observation but let me just flesh that out a little bit because mm-hmm. look, i love charlton heston whether it's, you know, yeah. Omega Man, whether it's uh, the Ten Commandments, uh, whether it's, you know, uh, what is it, True Lies. I mean, th- this guy's an American Whether icon. it's real life. Whether it's real life, ma- marching yeah. with Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, th- this guy is up there with, you know, the likes of Clint Eastwood and John Wayne. So, so you, you've got you've to love this movie for the performance he brings to it. But um, at the same time, I think there's an argument to be made, Chris, that the most interesting character in the movie is one of the apes. And it's, in fact, yeah. Dr. Zaius. I, I love Roddy McDowell. Ah, Roddy yeah. McDowell, for me, again, an icon of my childhood, the guy that starred in almost all of these films. Uh, you know, and he's, of course, Cornelius. But the guy that crystallizes and embodies that tension in this movie is Dr. Zaius. Why? Because this individual, played by a classic Shakespearean actor, Maurice Evans, this individual is the person who protects civilization with his Mm -hmm. fake religion 
and make mm-hmm. sure that yeah. science isn't undermined by the truth. Because yeah. he's what? He's a minister of science and, quote, the defender of the truth. I don't know. I, I found the character of Dr. Zayas one of the most compelling in the film. How about you? Oh, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, he was kind of right. Yes. You know, even though he was inhibiting uh, these researchers from exposing certain truths, he was doing it because of this more fundamental truth, more important truth, which is that human beings are destructive, at least at least in the framework of the of the film. I would argue that that's actually not true. We are as constructive as we are destructive. Yes. And, you know, there's a d- debate to say whether or not human beings are evil or, or good. Um, I, I'm a, an optimist. I, I love humanity. I look at humanity as good. But, you know, there's an argument to say that hum- hum- humanity is, you know, evil and destructive. Leftists seem to think so. They're all environmentalists. They love, you know, basically every type of creature on the planet more than human beings. But, uh, but you know, it's in the context of the film. In the context of the film, he is actually right because human beings obliterated the planet. Right. Um, I would also like to uh, throw one other shout out to I think an underrated actress who did a phenomenal job in this film, Valerie Jarrett. <laughs> Are you trying to get us canceled forever? <laughs> That's an old joke. That's an old joke. Look it up, it guys. Look it up, guys. We're not going to explain it any further. We're not going to explain it any no. further. But but uh, there, there is a comment to be made here. But but uh, for a second, let's actually give a real shout out to Kim Hunter, uh, who plays mm. you know the other scientist, the other progressive, uh, and and also Roddy McDowell. Because I don't know about you, you're an actor, Chris, but acting through. Two, three, four inches of latex and actually, I hate the word, emoting and expressing real, you know, acting chops through the rubber. I'm sorry, they did it. Yeah, you know, I'm watching the film and I'm actually trying to figure it out as I'm watching. I'm thinking, did they sculpt the masks to make it look like they're making a particular expression or do the masks actually allow the expression to come through? I couldn't quite figure it out. Uh, you know, okay. So there's something quite sad about this movie and it's a little bit of a weird thing because it, it, because I want to talk about how great the film is, but also in the context of the modern era, Yeah. because we expect everything to look hyper realistic now because of really advanced computer generated graphics now. And so you look at a film like this, and they're obviously wearing prosthetics. But the thing is, at the time, this was such advanced technology. Nobody had ever done anything that looked this realistic before using prosthetics. So everybody was blown away like, holy smokes, that's what an ape man would look like, you know? And they really believed it. Now we look at it, and it looks kind of tacky. A lot of people would look at it today and be like, oh, that looks really fakey. And it's a little bit of a shame because you just will never – be able to get that same experience that you had when that film first came out. Now it's something very different. Instead of looking at it and saying, oh, this film is heightened by the great special effects, you kind of have to look past right. the dated special effects and look at the film for everything else that it is, which is just kind of like a sad thing that, you know, how art gets changed and lost over time. But, you know, that's the way the world is. And the, the fact is that this film is still a thing magnificent masterpiece of a film 
uh, despite that, which I said I think says a lot about uh, really the production value and everything that went into this movie. Yeah, uh, you know, we have to recognize John Chambers here, the the man who learned dentistry in the army, <laughs> who invented the applications here. Which to answer your question, except for the extras in the background that had hooded like pullover face masks, and you can tell in some of the shots, the principals had these applied directly to their face, and the makeup was flexible enough that with exaggerated movements of the jaw, the eye line, the chin, the ears, they could actually communicate through these incredible masks. Uh, and a very risky move. I mean, it's, it was very hard to get this film greenlit yeah. because nobody believed. What, masks on humans and they're going to be ape men? We're talking the planet of the apes, the first in the monumental series. We're mo making movies great again. Make sure you give our friend Chris a follow for his superb videos, political and cultural, on Mr. Reagan on YouTube and the Alpha Critic. And don't forget, if you enjoy our discussions every week, subscribe to the podcast. Just look for my name, Sebastian Gawker, America First. Never miss an episode. Do leave us a five-star review and share the links with your friends. And if you want to have sanity and security back in the White House, let's turn 45 into 47. It's up to us, God willing. The latest item is the T-shirt that simply says, Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Or if you want something a little bit spicier, his visage with the line 2024 retribution. Get yours today at sebgorkastore.com and you can support the president directly at donaldjtrump.com. Greetings, this is Dr. Sebastian Gorka from the Midas Gold Group War Room. The MAGA veterans at Midas point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank, while the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank. It belongs to you. This is your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do. A controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms. A literal digital concentration camp replete with social sanctions. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call and look into the opportunities that gold can provide you as a way to diversify your investments. Call veteran-owned Midas Gold Group today, 855-322-GOLD, or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 855-322-GOLD, or just go to MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful, Midas Gold Group, MAGA and proud of it. You're no seeker. You're negative. And I'm not prepared to die. I'd like to know why not. You thought life on Earth was meaningless. You despise people. So what'd you do? You ran out. No, no, it's not like that, Landon. I'm a seeker, too. But my dreams aren't like yours. I can't help thinking somewhere in the universe there has to be something better than man. Has to be. Quite the setup, quite the setup. We're not going to go to the planet of the apes in the future or the past or the present, but we're going to go on the Patriots Alaska cruise. If you love what we do here 15 hours a week, join us, won't you, for the July 4th cruise to the most beautiful state in the Union. You, our dear listeners, me, my wife, our West Coast warrior princess Jennifer Horn, Mike Gallagher, our maven of radio, and also Chris DeGarle and some other MAGA surprise guests, especially if you missed our trip to the Holy Land a year ago, book today for the trip of a lifetime. Go to sebgorka.com and click on the Patriots Alaska Cruise banner. The cabins are going fast. 
Do it today. S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, SebGorka.com, and the Alaska Patriots Cruise Banner. I, I'm curious. You know, I, I always have a soft spot for this man. I mean, for me, he's like, you know, alpha male par excellence. But he's such a stinking cynic in this movie. Do we relate to <laughs> Astronaut Taylor or not, Chris? Well, you know what's interesting? There was so much in this film that was prophetic I don't know if it was necessarily in the way that they wanted all the time uh, or they expected, but like there is a line, there is a scene when um, he's given the gift of uh, of this woman, which <laughs> I, I texted you a picture of her and I wrote, "Why am I never getting <laughs> gifts like this?" You know, he's given a gift of a, of a woman. His, a mate. Just by the way, his and, idea of a, of a perfect gift, Chris Coles, is a beautiful woman who can't speak. Uh, let's be clear here, okay? Because that's yeah, over. That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, Nova. So he's given this woman, and then somebody, so one of the apes, says, uh, "You know, it's shocking to me that uh, that a human can be monogamous." And uh, and he 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 presents. A, it's a very small part of the film, but he presents this little speech about how, in his time, on Earth, it was essentially impossible to be right. monogamous. Like you know, there like. He's like, oh, you know, I had women, I had lots of women, but there was no way that I could, you know, settle down with one of these he girls. He says something quite, quite, quite crude. He says that, oh, there's, there was lots of sex, but no love. Exactly, and I feel like that was like prophetic with like the advent of Tinder and right. and this sort of like disposable dating kind of situation that we have now. Um, and, but then there was a lot of other prophetic stuff, but not in the way that they expect, like. You know, you have this um, panel of judges, and then you have Charlton Heston, and Charlton Heston is not allowed to speak. Yeah. Now, where have we seen that lately? <laughs> I mean, it is exactly what's going on with the E. Jean Carroll case against Donald Trump. Donald Trump and his lawyer are trying to present evidence to suggest, look, she is lying about this. Yeah. How can we defame her by defending ourselves if, if no assault ever actually happened? But the judge says, no, you're guilty, and you're not even allowed to prove your innocence. You're not allowed to speak. And they silence Donald Trump in exactly the same way they do in this movie against Charlton Heston. It's it's like bizarre how how similar it is, you know? Oh, my gosh, making incredible connections. But but let's be clear here, not just silencing him in the courtroom, saying he can't bring evidence, yeah. he can't bring his experts, but the judge is telling him he can't make critical comments outside the courtroom – and as if the First Amendment doesn't apply to somebody who's accused of a crime. So, my gosh, God bless yeah. you. Always always bringing uh, your A-game to these analyses and, and making the connections uh, to the real world. Um, can we go back to that footage of the first instance we see the apes? And I'd like you to freeze it as the horse-bound ape turns around and you see his face. So, right, hang on, there. Play a little bit more. So, okay. Almost. So <laughs> I need people to understand this show today is a psychiatric catharsis for me because I saw this as a child. It scared the crap out of me. And then yeah. one day my mother took me to Harrods. Harrods is, you know, the mm. Queen's department store in, in London bought by Doddy Fayed, the most famous department store in the world. And I went there like age seven or something or six. And we were in the toy department. Or no, it was Hamley's. Correction. It was Hamley's. It was the most famous toy store in the world. 
And I'm running around the toy store looking for yo-yos or whatever. And suddenly I turn around an aisle and there's one of these stinking apes in real life (laughs) in the black leather jerkin standing there. And I literally screamed and ran for my mama (laughs) because they were were re-releasing the action figures. And to sell the action figures... They'd have guys made up as the original guerrilla soldiers. I have been scarred for life, Chris. So I chose this movie in part you know, to try and get over this. There is something about men dressed up as, you know, you know, fantasy characters that is terrifying. I remember I was probably like two or three years old. I still remember there was – they used to – Coors Light used to have men dressing up as like the Coors Light bear. Uh-huh. Uh, I – in America, and the bear, there's like, they got this like polar bear mascot thing. And I remember as a kid, they tried to get me to like give this giant teddy bear thing a hug or something because I, you know, I was a kid and it's like a giant teddy bear. And I just screamed my head <laughs> off, you know. I think I was like really little. I was one of my very earliest members, I was like two or three years old. But there's something about grown men dressed up as like fictional characters. But I'm serious here. The, the gorillas. So you have the orangutans that are like the lawgivers, the, you know, whatever. You have the chimps like Cornelius, who are the scientists and whatever, and the bureaucrats. Yeah. The gorillas, the military, and especially when we get to, to the general yeah. who's in the sequel. I mean, ju- just one of them by himself standing there with a club in his leather jerkin. Yeah. It's one of the most stunning visual things from any movie. I mean, f- forget about other science fiction or Darth Vader. That, that's frightening, Chris. Yeah, and they did, they really did such, uh, the craftsmanship is so beautiful. If, you, if you're watching this film from beginning to end, yeah. you do kind of forget that there are masks at some point. That's yes. like the weird thing. Like I was talking about this with King Kong. You know, you can look at, if you just like look at a still frame or you look at like a little bit of footage, a little clip of footage, you're like, oh, that looks ridiculous. That looks silly. That's antiquated. That's like old fashioned. But if you're watching from the beginning of the end of the movie, you, you kind of forget that these are people in masks. They really, they look pretty damn good. Yeah. And uh, it's just a testament to people with like a limited, uh, uh, you know, amount of tools that they can work with at the time because they, the technology just wasn't advanced enough. But but yet what they do with it is just amazing because these people were like at the top level artists of their day. Right. And, and of course... No CGI, because it's 1968. We're talking Planet of the Apes based on Pierre Boulle's Planet de Singe. We'll talk about the origins of the story, the book, the adaptations, and what else that man wrote, because it's rather intriguing. Here on America First, making movies great again. Make sure you're following Chris on social media at Mr. Reagan USA and on his YouTube channels, Mr. Reagan and the Alpha Critic. And give me a follow as well. I'm on all the social media platforms that matter. Just look for Seb Gawker or Sebastian Gawker on True Social, Twitter. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, get a Telegram. You can watch us. I mean, this is a movie review. So check us out on your Roku, your Fire Stick, or your Samsung Plus device, or just download the Salem News Channel app. And for unique content analysis written by me and direct access to me, check out my Substack, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name is one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? That's got me thinking about PhD weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me. Why I haven't gained one pound of my 42-pound weight loss back. 
why Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864-644-1900 to get started, or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com. If you enjoy what we do here on Making Movies Great Again and on America First, please support those who make it possible. Great patriots like Mike Lindell. Fox hates him. They have gone woke. They've banned him from even advertising on his chan- on their channel, despite him being the largest advertiser. Perhaps he's just too conservative, too much of a friend of the president's. Support Mike. He's got more than 200 items on his website made by Americans here in America for you. Not only will you get up to two-thirds off with my name because of Fox's cretinous decision, Mike's going to ship it all to you for free, even if you buy something huge, like a mattress, zero shipping. Call them up, talk to a real person, don't buy that Chinese garbage on Amazon, 800-829-8468, mypillow.com, that's 800-829-8468, mypillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. All right, they had to sell this concept, it was hard to do, what, are you going to, one executive said, are you going to use real monkeys? And said, no, 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 we're going to actually use humans in masks. How did they sell it? Well, here's an early test role with a very famous actor um, proving it can be done. Good. Some of us will be returning to the city. This gives me an opportunity to say goodbye. Won't you be coming back here to the excavations? You won't be returning to the city. Built and filled by a civilized race. A race which, according to you, never got beyond a crawl and a couple of grunts. You found more than a cemetery, Doctor. You found a question. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The ape or the man? That was actually Edward G. Robinson playing uh, Professor Dr. Minister Zayas, who didn't take the part eventually because he had a beard. And he said, I'm not going to shave my beard. I'll do the test run, but that's it. That's how they sold it to the producers. And that's how we finally got, well, this kind of performance with the finalized prosthetic where um, one of the two scientists who takes a shine to astronaut Taylor gives him a new name. Here's Dr. Zera. Well, Bright Eyes, is our throat feeling better? It still hurts, doesn't it? See? He keeps pretending he can talk. That Bright Eyes is remarkable. He keeps trying to form words. You know what they say, human see, human do. Sometimes it's a little bit on the, too on the nose, right? You know, human see, human do. The 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 apes covering their ears and their mouth and their eyes in in the tribunal. <laughs> little bit over the top, uh, especially with with the hippie kid at the end who you know never trust anyone over the age of thirty five. But as you said, Chris, <laughs> when you look at her, when you look at Kim Hunter, when you look at Roddy McDowell, when you look at Morris Evans, I still, you know. Five minutes into the movie, I don't see a human with, with a rubber mask on. I'm seeing a talking ape. And that, that's mm-hmm. the art of good acting. 
Oh, absolutely. They all, the performances are all fantastic. I mean, I think maybe Dr. Zayas would have been a little bit more, um, if, if Edward G. Robinson had played Dr. Zayas, I think he would have been a little bit more uh, sympathetic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, as he is, he is really a villain until yes. the very end. And even then, I don't think you would like him. You know, but you do recognize if you think about it for a second, you recognize that what he was trying to do was was actually right. What he was trying to do was good, protect his people but, from but, but the, hiding know, the, the truth. Humans. But hiding the truth. But hiding the but hiding the truth, which he felt was necessary to to preserve his people, which is you know uh, debatable about you know whether that's a good idea or not. Um, but yeah, like I was saying before, that there was a way to make this film uh, palatable. For religious people, um, you know, and kind of sidestep this idea that scientists, atheistic scientists who are, I would call, evangelical atheists, right? Mm -hmm. They're always trying to propose this uh, antagonistic relationship between science and religion, yeah. which isn't necessary. No. That fight isn't necessary. But if you look at this film in a slightly different framing, it actually works really, really well. Instead of pitting science against religion— Maybe pit science against just general uh, being being a zealot of any kind, mm -hmm. right? Being a zealot will inhibit uh, the you know processing of any kind of new information, yeah. any kind of new ideas, yeah. right? And we see this so prevalent today on the left, as I was saying, like. You know, you've got this court case against Donald Trump. You have these court cases against January Sixers who aren't allowed to even have access to exonerating evidence, right? So we live in this, like, police state now. Uh, and also, you know, you're not allowed to tell the truth on social media. I mean, we really live in this sort of authoritarian dictatorship now. Um, and why is that? It's all because of this zealot nature of the left now. And, you know, being a zealot can be very destructive. And if they had just sort of like tweaked the film a little bit mm -hmm. to be more focused on that idea, I think it would be a lot more appetizing, at least to me. Making Dr. Zayas a proponent of transgenderism because the uh, right. science is conclusive, uh, climate change, global right. warming. Because as you say, if you dare dead name someone if you call them by the gender correct name they were born with the left will want to cancel you another fabulous comparison bringing us up to the modern age with a classic movie it is planet of the apes based on pierre boule's planet de singe i'm sebastian gorka this is america first i am broadcasting to you from the relieffactor.com studios relief factor it's real it works. It is liberating over a million Americans right now. I'm one of them. And I'm proud to say as of January 1st, it's been five years that I've been pain-free. Why? Because the ingredients of this product, which are proven anti-inflammatories, curcumin, resveratrol, omega-3s, attack the source of the pain, which is the inflammation. I had a lower back pain issue that plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. After just two weeks of taking Relief Factor, the pain was gone, and I'm still pain-free. If you've tried everything else and failed to find relief, you owe it to yourself to find out. Order the three-week quick starter pack by calling 1-800-4-RELIEF or just go to relieffactor.com. Ask yourself one very simple question. What do I have to lose? If the only answer to that question is the pain, well then, my friend, you know what to do. Write down this answer. 
write down this number, 1-800-473-5433, or just go to relieffactor.com. Don't wait another nanosecond. Do it today. Are you tired of not getting a good night's sleep? Well, my friend, Mike Lindell has created the perfect solution. He didn't just top out the pillow. He also created the Giza Dream Bed Sheets. Made from the world's best cotton called Giza, these sheets are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And now, for a limited time, you can get 50% off the Giza Dream Sheets with prices starting as low as $29.98 in a variety of sizes and colors and have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio square and use promo code G-O-R-K-A at checkout. You can also find deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow 2.0 mattress topper and the MyPillow towel sets. Don't wait any longer to get the best sleep of your life. Call 800-829-8468 or go to MyPillow.com now and use promo code Gorka. That's 800-829-8468 or MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Security police. I'm in charge of this man. He's no longer, madam. He is now in custody of the Ministry of Science. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Now, of course, it's a crescendo moment in the movie because all the humans on the planet are dumb. They can't speak. Taylor was shot in the throat at the beginning, so he has been incapable of talking until this moment. His throat has healed, and he can demonstrate that he's a little bit different when it comes to the humans that are running around the jungles mute. But, Chris, in addition to the denouement at the end, perhaps the greatest shock reveal of any movie... That's the most famous, iconic line of the film, is it not? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's 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 an important moment in the story. It's an important moment sort of in the tone of the film. But just Charlton Heston is such a badass. You know, you just like to hear him say the line. <laughs> not, uh, that line, and then one more after he's captured uh, in back in the cage. Uh, another classic line. Let's play it. Shut up, you freak! Julius, you... I said shut up! It's a man house! A man house! 
There's only one Charlton Heston. And j- just the reversal there of the gorilla shouting, shut up, you freak. It's classic. Uh, I know you're a huge fan of the man who wrote the original script, a-, a much darker version to which later they had to inject a little bit more humor. But uh, I don't think mm-hmm. it's any uh, surprise that one of the most iconic films ever and of the genre science fiction was originally penned uh, an adaptation of Pierre Boulle's uh, Planet de Singe novel by somebody, you can put the image up, somebody that, that you have great admiration for who had just lost funding and seen his series, The Twilight Zone, cancelled. So you are a big Rod Serling fan, correct, Chris? Yeah, look, when I was younger, I was always writing. I, I was writing novels. I was writing screenplays, like even as a kid, even, you know, up through my teenage years. Um, but there was a moment because I, I used to write more, um, I, I guess, like long, long form stories of, uh, you know, based on based on like uh, Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and mysteries like Sherlock Holmes mysteries and stuff. This is the kind of stuff I liked writing. Then I saw a few episodes of The Twilight Zone, and this show just blew my mind. I must have been 13 years old, and it completely changed the way that I wrote. And I actually thought to myself, if I can write as well as the writers of The Twilight Zone, and this is probably in like 1993, 1994, I thought I could could write better than anyone alive today because I felt like this show had better writing than anything that was being produced in 1993-1994. And so I made it sort of my mission in life to become as good as those writers and to be able to write twist endings uh, in this fashion and, and novel ideas and, and bring these ideas to life. And yeah, so that show just kind of changed my whole creative direction in terms of writing, writing fiction anyway. And uh, I owe that to uh, Rod Serling. Even though I don't agree with his politics all the time, <laughs> uh, creatively, I think the man was was quite a genius well it's like star trek star trek an amazing series i love it and i don't agree with the politics of gene rodenberry who was like a utopian whatever um but but an amazing series that made you think and and just like planet of the apes what are they doing here they're really dealing with the issues of the age that they can't deal with openly whether it's racism civil rights uh, the anti-war movement allegedly the first interracial kiss happens on star trek i mean there's a reason science fiction uh, has the role it has because it can address things that otherwise aren't being addressed in the culture. Uh, Interestingly, the original book by Pierre Boulet, who wrote... Just think of this for a second. His claim to fame originally as a former member of the Marquis of the Resistance in France who was blowing bridges up was the novel The Bridge Over the River Kwai. That's how Pierre Boulet begins, becomes a massive overnight success as a novel, then a movie. Then he writes uh, this book. But the book originally, Planet de Singe, Planet of the Apes, is very different. The ending of the film comes from a Rod Serling episode of The Twilight Zone about astronauts landing on a planet they don't realize is Earth. So that's his invention. Mm -hmm. In the original book by Pierre Boulet, the ape society is on another planet, and it's modern. It has skyscrapers. It has vehicles. They couldn't afford that for the movie, so it became this kind of, what, pre-medieval, quasi-Stone Age culture with rifles. That's about it. No cars, no planes, no nothing. Thing. Uh, and of course, uh, the original novel has the astronauts return of family back to Earth, which since they left 
has been taken over by the apes. So uh, a, a right. different setup, but Rod Serling gave it us... It does have a twist, yeah. It does have a twist, but not the twist that Rod Serling superbly gave us. Uh, what else do we need to know before we go to some final thoughts? Oh, um, well, let me just say quickly yeah. about, about the leftists of that age, the yes. leftists of the 60s. I feel like even though I may disagree with their politics... These people were trying to provoke thought in people. I think that's what made them great artists. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about censoring other people's ideas. It was about promoting new ideas and talking through ideas right. to try to find the best ideas. And I think that what we've discovered is that a lot of these leftist progressive ideas, so-called progressive, right. uh, aren't so good, right? <laughs> and so it becomes very difficult for them to argue these things in, in a way that is actually compelling to people. And so instead of arguing with, with conservatives, they just present their idea and yeah. then they shut conservatives up. Like the other day, MSNBC wouldn't even broadcast – Donald Trump's victory speech after the Iowa primaries uh, or the uh, caucus. And right. it's just it's just sickening to me that they don't even let their viewers hear what conservatives have to say anymore. It's completely changed. But it used to be a lot better, I think. Well, I mean, th there was debate. There may have been violence. There may have been riots and what have you. But but you weren't shut down because I don't think the left yeah. felt so insecure about their ideas. Today, right. they must shut you down because they real, realize it's a house of cards and any challenge to their putative monopoly of the truth will, will bring it all crashing down. Uh, originally, fascinatingly, the director uh, was going to be Blake Edwards. He got into some arguments with the production team and the writers. The man who brought us the whole Pink Panther series of movies was replaced by Franklin Schaffer. Franklin Schaffer, who, let's just give this guy credit. Not only did he make Planet of the Apes, this is the director who brought us Papillon, who brought us Patton. Oh. Yeah, and brought us The Boys from Brazil. Amazing thrillers, amazing giant, you know, masterpiece cinema uh, products. Uh, so Franklin Schaffer gets a nod. $6 million to make and netted $33 million, which is very good back then. Um, any negatives, any final thoughts? My, my biggest gripe, uh, in addition to the kind of on-the-nose stuff that's clearly, you know, the hippie kid at the end who's, you know, don't trust anybody over the age of 35, the monkey-see-monkey-do stuff, is the crappy wigs. The inhabitants of the planet have these $3 wigs that look they ca like true. they came from the Flintstones. I mean, I don't know. Did you really have trying to, to modify them just ever so slightly? Right. Yeah, Could yeah. you just like, you know, have to save an extra five bucks and get a decent wig? A any gripes for you beyond the ones you've already mentioned, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I, I painted the the uh, correct picture there. I mean, if I were to get into a little bit more detail, like there is this very obvious parallel between uh, you know, what happens in this film and the persecution of Galileo, right? That's right. like, I think, the kind of where they're going with that. And to me, the persecution of Galileo, if you go back and look at it, uh, you, you have to kind of understand the mindset of medieval society at the time. I'm actually reading a book uh, about this right now, a C.S. Lewis book about the medieval era and how people thought. And the the geocentric uh, model of the universe is what they call the Aristotelian Yes. model right it goes back to ancient greece and it wasn't really a christian model of the universe so much 
but that was just how scientists believe the universe was. When we talk about lunacy, what are we talking about? Lu lunar, right? We're talking about the moon. Because back then they believed that the, that the, uh, the, the heavenly bodies, right. the moon, Jupiter, they affected how we, we are. So if you had an illness, they would call it influenza, right? The flu, what we call the flu comes from influenza because it was, that's the Italian word for influence because it was the influence of the heavenly bodies on the air and that would change, you know, your condition. It would make you sick. Uh, we still have that word, the flu, right? And we still have lunacy and these things. It comes from this, this uh, era when they believed in this stuff. And this comes from the ancient Greeks. It wasn't really a Christian model. It was just that was what the establishment believed. That's what people believed. So when people, somebody would challenge that, like Copernicus or Galileo, you know, and Galileo was a bit of a jerk, I think. So <laughs> people just kind of hated him anyway. Um, but they, 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 scientists, uh, especially atheist scientists, like to turn this again into a battle between Christianity right. and, and science. And I really hate that because it's totally unnecessary. It should be about being a zealot. Just don't be a zealot. Be a little bit open-minded about possibilities, and maybe we can have open discussions. But, uh, but I think this film is so provocative and has so many good things to offer that, uh, honestly, I still really enjoyed it, even though I had those, those issues. This is Dennis Prager. I am excited to announce the all-new PragerTopia Plus. You can listen to my show whenever it's convenient for you, all commercial-free and all on demand. Now with Prager Plus, search topics, guests, and segments all the way back to 2010. And now a truly exciting new benefit, my monthly online video get-together for PragerTopia Plus members only. This is where for an hour each month, PragerTopia Plus members get an exclusive chance to ask me anything. That's right, anything. It's on video. I'll be talking to you and answering your questions. We may even have a special guest every now and then. I've never done this. Submit your questions for me at PragerTopia.com. This is only available to PragerTopia Plus members. This is our chance to connect like never before. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. Reach into my pocket. Read to him the 29th scroll. Sixth verse. Beware the beast man, for he is the devil's pawn. Alone among God's primates, he kills for sport, or lust, or greed. Yea, he will murder his brother to possess his brother's land. Let him not breed in great numbers, for he will make a desert of his home and yours. Shun him. Drive him back into his jungle lair, for he is the harbinger of death. The harbinger of death. The scroll of the lawgiver, as read by Dr. Cornelius. That is why Zaius is protecting uh, his civilization by hiding the truth of the human ancestors to the ape culture. All right. Um, we're going to have to do something a little bit different here because if you haven't seen the end of the movie... I'm going to play it. I'll, uh, we'll, we'll exit with it, okay? So, spoiler alert, Perfect. spoiler alert, spoiler alert. But it's the best ending for a movie in the modern age. So, you have been forewarned. But we have to rate, and then we have to choose. So, what should be the unit of measure? Should it be paper airplanes? <laughs> 
I like that. I think that's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, the or, significance of paper airplanes is very important. Ca- carry on, Chris. No, you know, the, the, the clip that you just showed is another thing I don't like. It's so negative about humanity. Yeah. I understand that for the framing of the film, right. it actually makes total sense. And Zayas is correct because of, you know, you know, they... They blew it up. <laughs> hey, wait, wait. We'll get to that in a second. All right, so let's My give mistake, it, my mistake. Sorry, no worries. Sorry. Let's give it a rating out of 10 paper airplanes. Chris is always for a modern audience. Mine is for the canon of uh, great movies. We've got issues here, the effects and so forth, and you know the, the 60s politics. But otherwise, what do you think a modern audience would think of this? It will be difficult, I think, for most modern audiences. It depends on if they look at it in the context of a historically right. classic film or if they look at it from the context of a modern film. I don't want to give it a low score, but I think I, I don't I don't know how many people are going to love this film. So I will uh, begrudgingly I will give it a six. You're going to hate me it. for that, but that's I what knew I think. It. As, as long as it yeah. was more than five. All right, well done. Uh, I admit okay. full utter... A favoritism. This is a part of my childhood. Whenever it came on television in reruns, I'd watch it. I watched the TV show that came out of it. Um, so I, I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 paper airplanes. It's just a classic. Just a classic. And in part because of the ending, which we'll show you in a second. But next, what are we going to review, Chris Coles? Oh, <laughs> I actually forgot about that. But I, I do have a list in my head. All the time. All right, I'll, I'll, but, I'll count to uh, ten while you're a... thinking. We will edit this countdown. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Oh, I've got so many good ones. I got so many good. Ones. But I think this time we're going to have to go with one that's a little bit later. A little bit later. Cowboy movie. It's called Tombstone. You know that's so funny. I watched a little review clip of it yesterday with one of the actors yeah. talking about the fun he had in it. I'm going to do a Chris Coles now. I've never seen it. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's an absolutely brilliant film. I've never seen it. I'm excited. Okay, I'm not a cowboy yeah, guy. I'm not a cowboy western movie guy. But I've heard this is really a modern classic. So next week, it's Tombstone. All right, we'll end with uh, the end of the movie. In the meantime, make sure you're following Chris on the Alpha Critic and the Mr. Reagan channels on YouTube. Uh, don't forget to follow us on your favorite podcast platforms and social media. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on the civil. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. And here's Chuck. Oh, my God. I'm back. I'm home. All the time. Finally, really did it. You maniac! You blew it up! Ah, oh, damn you! God damn you all the hell! Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.